0: Articles by Desiring God Midlife Clarity Five Proverbs for Men in Crisis Written and read by David Mathis I haven't yet been through midlife, but now I seem to be at it, or at least approaching it, depending on how you define midlife. Some get as specific and early as age 41 and a half. Others define midlife as a broad range beginning around age 45 and even dragging on as late as 65. While my little bit of research indicates that it's a minority of men who report something like a midlife crisis, I can imagine, standing here at age 41, looking around, why it can be so difficult without even considering what psychological and neurological components might be involved at this juncture in a man's life. Swirl of complex factors. John Piper has written about the tumults he faced at midlife, a season that lasted several years, and was most acutely confusing and difficult in his 41st year. Writing more than 30 years later, Piper says, that was a very hard season of life, and the record of it in my journals is to this day painful to read. Piper's journal entries include self descriptions like irritable and unlikable, and phrases like, Felt like lead, could hardly converse, wanted to cry again and again. My emotions were dead, on adrenaline all day Sunday, incredibly cranky and so discouraged, so blank, so blind to the future, and again, so discouraged. He says at one point that it seems that yesterday's near collapse is the outcry of my body for some relief. And perhaps most striking of all to me, as a pastor, is this. I must preach on Sunday, he says, and I can scarcely lift my head. In sum, Piper captures midlife as a critical stage in life when physical changes, marital stresses, children's challenges, vocational aspirations, and the burdens of success or failure create the conditions for meltdown. This perilous confluence of forces leads to a shuddering reassessment of life and the desire to be somewhere else. Facing Finitude and Failures One definition of midlife crisis centers on a man's growing awareness of his finitude and his failures. A psychological crisis brought about by events that highlight a man's growing age, inevitable mortality, and possibly lack of accomplishments in life. One dear friend of mine who has made it far past 41 and a half and is now closing in on 60 said to me recently about his journey through midlife, the reality of your limitations on most fronts become clearer. We are often forced to face who we really are instead of who we imagine we'll be someday. Midlife is a phase where one's psychology, in terms of self-understanding, has an opportunity to grow into one's theology. For it's a phase when one's functional theology is tested by the reality of mortality. With the Ring of Wisdom, that presents midlife not only as a trial to be endured, but an opportunity for Christian maturity, to grow into one's theology. With that in mind, I came across Proverbs 16, 1-9 recently, and I found that this unit of ancient wisdom speaks to an aspect of the phenomenon that I'm hoping to steady myself for. Consider at least five layers it might offer to men approaching or in midlife trials. Number one: Our actual life is from the Lord." Proverbs 16:1: "The plans of the heart belong to man, but the answer of the tongue is from the Lord." I suspect one conscious reason midlife can be tough is the stubborn, immovable realities of life. As young men, two decades ago, so many doors seemed open. The possibilities seemed endless. It was easy to dream, and even expect we might live out some, if not all, of those dreams. But midlife brings a bracing reality check. Far fewer doors are now open. Many of our secret and spoken dreams and aspirations now seem unrealistic. Or impossible. What might be has crashed on the rocks of what is. Somehow, it got real in the last two decades, and perhaps it took us a while to realize it. Then it dawned on us almost all at once. Rarely, if ever, do our actual lives live up to the grandeur of the great hopes we're prone to generate in our youth. Our youthful plans are one thing. Then in time comes the answer of the tongue. That is, what really emerges and is manifest in our lives in the years that follow, to midlife and beyond, is "from the Lord." Number two: His plans include our days of trouble." Proverbs 16:4. "The Lord has made everything for His purpose, even the wicked for the day of trouble. The midlife disappointments we may feel, with ourselves and with others and our circumstances are no sign that God is distant and has lost control. In fact, just the opposite. He has his purposes for his sons in precisely those failures and letdowns and pains. Our days of trouble, however external or internal the obstacles, and however past or present, and the ones sure to come in the future, are lovingly sifted through his fingers for the deeper joy and final good of his sons. He has planned all our days, even the worst ones, especially the worst ones, and the days beyond them. Number three, God matures us through humbling. Proverbs 16.5, everyone who is arrogant in heart is an abomination to the Lord. Be assured, he will not go unpunished. One purpose God accomplishes, among others, in our midlife disappointments is our humbling. He is and has been purging our hearts from the arrogance of youth and unholy ambition. How much of our youthful, sky-is-the-limit wishes were not simply natural, but proud? How much, in arrogance, did we presume health, wealth, and prosperity on our terms? One of God's great works in moving men from naive youth to mature manhood is the great humblings leading up to and in midlife. He moves with severe mercy against the arrogance of our youth. We've had our dreams and made our plans as we should, but God's plan is definitive and humbling. One can strategize about the future to be sure, comments Tremper Longman on Proverbs 16. But this wise observation would lead one to acknowledge that the future can only be determined by God. Such recognition, he says, would engender a proper humility and open one up to changes. How often does the hard, painful midlife crash against the rocks of reality serve to open us up to changes of God's leading? that we've been long subconsciously resisting. Number four, Christ has atoned for sin. Proverbs sixteen six, By steadfast love and faithfulness, iniquity is atoned for. And by the fear of the Lord, one turns away from evil. Midlife brings awareness not only of compounding frustrations or how we've been hurt, or deterred by other sins, but also of our own iniquity. We are sinners. Midlife crisis, however profound it may feel, has not yet plumbed the depths if there is no awareness of our sin, sin that does not just disappear or go away with avoidance, but needs to be addressed and forgiven. Perhaps midlife brings new awareness of bad choices and wasted time, This crisis is an opportunity to acknowledge that and own it in the full confidence that God, in Christ, has made full provision for our sin. And by His Spirit, change is possible. We can pivot. And even if none of the presenting complexities seems to involve our own sin, how liberating to know that in Christ, our iniquity is atoned for and can fearlessly be mined for found, and confessed, leading to our turning away from evil. Number five, our lesser can be his better. Proverbs 16, eight and 9. Better is a little with righteousness than great revenues with injustice. The heart of a man plans his way, but the Lord establishes his steps. To the degree we're mourning something or many things that seem to be lesser in our life than we dreamed in our youth, it might be good to consider how lesser, in God's economy, often amounts to better. Midlife confronts us with the limits and errors of our own all-too-human ways of reckoning. What we have, at our seeming halfway point, may seem like so little compared to the great revenues we hoped. But what soul-destroying revenues might we have been spared? And how upside down might our instinctive evaluations be without learning something of God's vantage? And what might we, and others, discover to be true when our Father issues the last word? Verse 9 not only echoes verse 1, but also sums up verses 1 to 8 under the banner that Derek Kidner captures as, God has not merely the last word, but the soundest. Yes, look to him now, by faith and in patience, for his last word and soundest word that is coming as you endure. Able and Faithful Humbling ourselves at midlife under God's mighty hand brings no promise of immediate relief. From beginning to end, the Scriptures promise real rescue and exaltation to the one who genuinely humbles himself. But when? Peter says, at the proper time, that is, on God's timetable, not ours. Some may see only a few discouraging days, others may struggle under debilitating weights for months or longer. Yet all are invited one day at a time, to roll those burdens onto the broad, omnipotent shoulders of our God, casting all our anxieties on Him, because He cares for you. However long, however discouraging, however debilitating the season, in Christ, our Heavenly Father cares. And until the sun rises again, and the air is fresh again, and our burdens are light again and beyond, He is able to keep us perhaps midlife will be the time when the power of Jude's doxology really begins to hit home now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy god is faithful faithful to his son and to his sons he will not let us be burdened beyond what we can bear but will help us endure He is able to make all grace abound to you, so that having all sufficiency in all things, at all times, even in this season, you may not only endure, but abound in every good work. For more resources, visit desiringgod.org.